You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about infertility and adoption. This is a big episode because we're covering issues that you guys have been sharing with me, not only in general over the years in my marriage practice, but this year especially, I've had more of you talk to me, open up about feelings of stress and strain with infertility, and many of you have experienced miscarriage as well, so I'll briefly talk about that. But we've just got so many people who are hurting from infertility, which is technically saying in the course of a year, you haven't been able to become pregnant trying. And many of you are even telling me it hasn't even been a year and it's hurting your marriage because your sex is becoming mechanical and it's just hard. And those of you who have been through IVF have other painful stories. And those who have done some fostering and adopting, or even some of you who have been adopted and found that out. These issues interweave a little bit together, so I put them in today's episode knowing that each one could be its own podcast, but I also know that you're listening to other podcasts, so I want to encourage you to continue to listen to shows just about these topics individually as well because there's so much information out there about some of the interventions we're going to be talking about like TBRI, trauma-based relational interventions. So I really want you guys to understand that each one of these topics is huge, but we're just going to jump in and then I'm going to have a guest who's going to have some great tips for you specifically because this is her journey and Anne-Marie and Danny Jones, the heads of Bridge of Life Foster and Adoptive Care Ministry that I've talked about several times on the show because I really love and believe in their mission to help equip us to take care of orphans in our world. And it's a beautiful vision that they have and they've been able to carry it across the globe, but also locally. I can't tell you how many clients and friends I've had personally blessed by Bridge of Life who are just dealing with one of these issues or many of these issues that, hey, I'd like to consider adoption or foster care because we're dealing with infertility, or maybe I want to put my child up for adoption or that I just don't know where to start, but I want to support this mission, but I'm afraid. And so we're going to talk about all that, but we're also going to talk about how hard the infertility side of things was for Anne Marie, who is my guest today, the wife. And we're going to talk about how she got through those struggles and what really helped her because she does have some very specific targeted ideas for you guys. And she does have hope for you guys who are dealing with this. And maybe you're just listening because you're like, I don't know if this is going to be part of my story in any way. So keep an open mind. She's actually one of my best friends. So I'm super happy to have her on today because she's blessed me not only with the ministry, mainly just in being a loving, wonderful friend. She's hilarious and she's very stylish and way cooler than me, Um, but she has a bigger heart as well. So it's like a win-win. There's no stopping Anne-Marie and Danny once they get into your hearts with their beautiful dreams and they have just been good and faithful friends to us. So I'm grateful for you guys to get to know them. It's like a merging of the world. It's a crossover episode of, of one of my dearest best friends with my people at E&M. And I'm so happy. It's like that feeling for most of you, you would say like Marvel and DC, but I would have to say like Lord of the Rings with Jane Austen. So anyway, I'm so happy to have Anne-Marie on today. And before we bring her on, I want to let you guys know that I do want you to not feel alone if you're dealing with infertility or miscarriage. Infertility can affect so many people, one out of four or one out of five couples has dealt with infertility and miscarriage is very common. In fact, 
Sometimes there's stats that tell us that it's about 50% of births end in miscarriage, but a lot of those are right at the beginning before you even have a cycle. And many of those afterwards, we have 3 million U.S. cases per year. So it's very, very common. And after that first month, there's still about 15% of pregnancies that are winding up in miscarriage. So we have a lot of people who feel very sensitive because they're dealing with grief and loss and yet it's not something that's seen. And so I want you guys to know this can really affect your marriage if you're not willing to talk about it. And I know a lot of husbands are fives because we've done a lot of research on the types and five husbands I've noticed handle miscarriage really well overall because you're like, I'm wired for survival and this is really hard, but we need to move through this. And some of the other assertive or aggressive types do that as well. But what I want you to understand is there are there is value to marking this moment and you will get through it by facing your feelings and you will repair, but you do need to tend to your wife, whatever your type is, uh, because a woman does have a uniquely difficult experience here and we already have difficult hormones. Yes, we tracked it with men too and you guys have hormonal shifts through the day and some of you say monthly as well, but really women have this stark contrast of major hormones up and down through the month and we're starting to have freedom to say yes this is real and I'm still worthy and some people are saying yes I have PMDD and other people are saying I take medicine for it that helps my mood but either way you have issues coming into play in your marriage because of these things and you have to be able to talk about it and visit your OB and visit them again and again and again if you need to to make sure you tweak things right because you're worth it and your health is worth it and your marriage is worth it. So even if you feel like we have to talk about this a lot, I want you to sit with the discomfort and understand that by talking through it and by getting everyday self-care together and showing support even when you don't feel like it, that you're going to walk through it healthier. And yes, it will be over at some point where you're not as grieved, but I do want you to understand there will be triggers in anniversaries and days where you might even have to say, I don't know why every April I'm so upset, but maybe it's a reminder for you of a very painful IVF treatment you went through, or in the case of miscarriage, the time when you had to bury your child, or maybe you never got to. So I really want you guys to know every person's experience is unique. And I'm saying a prayer for everybody that you will continue to heal and to grow and to find Anne-Marie's information about infertility, especially encouraging and helpful because there's all kinds of doors that can open to you even if certain others are closed and we don't have to stay in the dark forever but we do need to give it its place and its time so I really wanted to honor you guys by making sure we cover this huge topic in marriage and making sure that the guys know that we understand their grief too we understand that they don't have as much permission in society to grieve so women I want to remind you that you can encourage your guy to grieve and find tokens for you to do together and guys you can come around her and you can sit with it even if you have to put five minutes on the clock you can tell yourself every day I want to check in with her about this this is a difficult season and I want her to feel loved I'm going to give her extra tight hugs and help serve her and help her walk through this process because not every woman but most women do long to be mothers and it's just hard and even if you have 
five other kids or you've adopted a beautiful family, you still have loss and longing when you go through these processes. So as we talk a little bit about infertility, I want to let you guys know that according to Medline, about a third of the time it can be traced back to women and another third of the cases it can be traced back to the male. But either way, there are treatments and sometimes there's drugs and reproductive technology assistance and surgery that are common treatments, but it's not always talked about. So you do have to understand that sometimes in even a marriage, one spouse won't want to talk about things. So I do want to remind you that it's a valuable conversation. It's not going to go away unless you guys discuss it. And I would also add, and you'll hear Anne-Marie add to pray about it because you need your time with God. You need to be able to just say, here's my goal. Here's what I want. And what is the wisdom that I can get from God about this? Even sometimes when your spouse and you aren't aligned, just taking that time out for prayer and for thoughtfulness can give you such help and vision for what you can do. And I think every person is different. Some will have an easier experience. Some will have tougher. But in all cases, you're brave who are journeying this road of infertility and who have journeyed miscarriage and maybe even are at the season of life where they're considering or are already in adoption or foster care or just grieving and saying we're we're doing other things with our life we're going to enjoy other seasons of our life and we're going to wait and see what happens here but I'm just asking you to keep open communication this is exactly the type of time when it's best for you to get some support from your community so that you don't go under and don't forget with your subtypes that you want to be thinking about yourself as a person and how you can take care of yourself. You want to be thinking about your one-on-one in your marriage and you definitely want to be reaching out to community because people have been through this. So yes, Google searches are great, but talking to people in your community, even if it's an online community, wow, has that been helpful for couples who are walking through affairs and chronic issues, chronic illness, and this too, guys. So don't forget you're not alone. And even nowadays it's internet based if you prefer that, but a lot of churches are opening back up too. And that's a great place for people who care and who want to have the healthiest life possible and to do the right and best thing. So very happy to get to have Anne-Marie on. Let's bring her on. I'm excited for you to hear the backstory of getting to know her because she's just so dear and I'm so grateful. She's been such a staple in my life of light and giftedness and blessing and fun. And so without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Anne-Marie Jones from Bridge of Life. I am so excited to have Anne-Marie Jones here. You guys have to understand this is one of my best friends in the world and she has been with me through thick and thin and she has such amazing blessed advice for us on the topics of adoption and infertility. And I'm just so happy to have you here, Anne-Marie. I'm so honored to be here with you. Uh, This is just, it's truly an honor. I just respect what you do and what you share. So I'm thankful. Thank you for having me. Mm, Well, my pleasure. And we have had so many hilarious moments together guys she has done mystery dinner games with me she is a phenomenal actress she will kick me in the butt when I need to be reminded of good things about my marriage she has these famous awesome beautiful eyebrows where she'll just look at you like you did not just say that (laughs) and so just like to have you here so much fun I met her do you remember when we met I believe it was at the YMCA 
Yes, we met at the Y. We went to the same church, but we had seen each other in circles through our church. And we just were both of us pushing strollers around. And it was so funny because when I finally got to know you, it was when we were deciding with toddlers, how could we really get some mom connecting time? And do you know what we did? Do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) I do. We would check our kids in at the Y and lay out by the pool and you would bring peanut m and <laughs> right and it was so lovely just to be able to sit there and breathe and connect with another mom without the you know worrying if kids were going to jump in the pool it was such a lovely time and i knew that first time when we met and you brought those peanut m&ms i'm like i love her <laughs> that's great i love that and i'm just laughing cuz literally you guys know who are having little kids like there's no time at all so we were like saying let's should we go by the pool or should we try to work out and we're like we have nothing and we were like sleeping on the machines so we're like we're just going to sit by the pool we got to know each other Yes, that was great. That was great. There were other times where I would check the kids in, honestly, and I would just take a shower, just a long <laughs> shower. Who would ever think before you're a parent that taking a shower at the YMCA would be luxurious? Oh my gosh, that's so cute. It's like out of this 1940s dystopian novel. I remember like my dad used to stay at the Y when he was like that era. <laughs> right. But like, yes, you guys know this season of life. And I'm so happy I have a friend who's vulnerable and real as well as classy. Can we just give an amen to that? Because so many people are like, no, I have it all together. And and Anne-Marie is real. So that's what I love about you. And I love our memories and our Taylor Swift concert and just many, many fun times right now. Um, we're doing yes. with our older kids. So it's been a little harder to get together when you guys get to that season, or maybe you've already been there. You'll know that it's even busier. Would you agree with me on that? Yes. Yes. I wanted to talk with you, of course, as you know, today about just how amazing it is to have walked the journey of adoption. And before that, some infertility things that you've shared with me. So I wanted to ask if you could tell us a little bit about your story with this topic. Yes, I would love to. My husband and I, we got married very young. I was 19. He was 21. And obviously, prior to marriage, we had talked about what we had hoped for our family and growing our family. And for us, we had thought we would have some biological children first, and we would possibly grow our family through adoption. Mm. So after college, that is when we thought, okay, um, this would be a great time if we can just start thinking about getting pregnant and growing our family. I think I was around 23, 24, and I knew that you know, through some of my friends that had already had children that it could take a little while. So I just thought, you know, whenever it happens, it happens, thinking it would probably be within the year that I would get pregnant. Mm. So a year went by, two years went by, three years went by, and I never did get pregnant. And it got to a point where every month it, it was getting harder and harder to know that I wasn't pregnant Mm. and one year went by two years went by we're on our third year still not pregnant and truly it got to a point where every month I was grieving at this point Mm. just trying to understand why I wasn't getting pregnant 
So it was really difficult uh, at that time. A lot of my friends were starting to grow their families and it, it was just, it was a really tough time. And then I ended up going to a fertility specialist. At that point, we were living in Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. And I went to the top infertility specialist. And really, they just, they, they couldn't figure out why I wasn't able to get pregnant. Mm. So, so that, that was really, really challenging. It's just a really hard time when you don't know why you're not getting pregnant. You really want to be a mom. You really want to have kids. It's, it's so hard. And mm. then we moved to Los Angeles and I ended up being in some support groups and prayer groups for other with other women who were struggling with the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that was really helpful. Uh, I, it, you know, another thing hard when you're struggling with infertility is, are everyone's comments. Mm-hmm. So many people are trying to be helpful and give advice mm-hmm. <laughs> on how to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just need to relax. You just not to, you, you just don't stress about it. And it makes you feel awful thinking that you're this uptight person that mm. can't get pregnant. And all you, if you could just relax, you would get pregnant. Obviously, mm. we know there's more to it than that. I remember mm-hmm. one time, mm-hmm. somebody I went to church with, she, I had gone to her for prayer. And she actually said to me in all seriousness, she said, are you sure you're doing it right? Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my goodness. She was on staff at our church. Oh my and how do you respond to that? You know, I think so. I'm pretty sure we are. <laughs> oh, my God. So, that is great. Yes. Oh, it is. So, so it's just a really hard time. Hmm. Yeah, it really, it really was. But back up to the time we were in Philadelphia, um, a big part of our journey is I was all set to go through the the fertility treatments. Mm-hmm. I think we got to the point where I was starting to take Clomid and mm-hmm. ready to start the insemination process. And then if that didn't work, it was in vitro was mm-hmm. the next step. Mm-hmm. And I was okay with it. And my husband came to me and he just said, you know, I really don't have a piece about this for us. Mm-hmm. So that was really challenging for me because I more than anything, I wanted to be a mom. Mm. So that was definitely a struggle, but it didn't last long because I really trusted his wisdom and his insight and his relationship with the Lord. And if he didn't have peace, I, I wanted to honor that. So I went to the Lord and, and, and God really gave me peace about that as well. So that is not the direction that we went to grow our family was through fertility treatments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know when we were talking about this a month ago or so, you told me, I don't judge anybody else who's done that, but it just felt like it wasn't meant to be for us. And I really loved how you respected right. your hubby through that time. That was beautiful. It, it <laughs> back, I'm surprised that you know, <laughs> I just, God gave me, that was the Lord. That was mm-hmm. totally the Lord. I know that you have such a lovely heart too. And we didn't even oh. say what is your Enneagram type, but let's try to put that together here for those who are like, that's not coming mm-hmm. in easily for them. Like, what do you feel like is your main sure. Enneagram type if you know it? Well, it's interesting because I've taken the test multiple times and it tends to come up an Enneagram that I feel like isn't me. 
<laughs> so it tends to come up as seven, which mm-hmm. I do identify with. I love to have fun. I love adventure. I love to laugh. I love to be with people. The different tests where it comes up, your percent, your high percentages, oftentimes it'll give you a top three. Mm-hmm. And mine always comes up where it, in different orders where it could be a seven, nine, and two. And I definitely feel like I connect with the two the most. Mm, mm. I love people. I love to serve. I love to give. I do love fun. I love adventure. And I think with the nine, I do love, I love people. And I love, I I feel as if I can relate to lots of different situations. Mm. I can often put myself in different scenarios and understand Um, why people do the different things that they do and different perspectives. So I think from what I'm understanding, I might have that tri-type. Yeah. With those three. Yes. And of course, you know what question I'm about to ask. Are you sure you're doing it right? I'm just joking. Why does this keep coming up? I'm just kidding. Um, But really, I think that I think that that's one of the most important things is that you guys who are struggling like her and I, I did know this every time I talked to Anne Marie. Of course, we're always talking Enneagram for at least five minutes, Mm -hmm. and so I knew that she probably was still thinking about these three types. And some of you are like that, where you're like. I know myself and she's done therapy before and she and I and another good friend have talked this out ad nauseum, but then, then again, we never get tired of Enneagram. (laughs) So it's never ad nauseum, but like, we just don't know with Anne-Marie. She has so many wonderful gifts to be honest. She really truly does that. It's hard to put you in a box. So I love that there's a nine in there because nine has all the traits. Yes. Okay. I think I knew that. Yes. So you are really, yeah, you just have this gift of during this season with your hubby being able to say, okay, I get where you're coming from with my nine and with your two, I think you really wanted to love him. And with your seven, you are feeling things, but you're like, I don't want to stay in this discomfort for too long. So it really is a nice blend for you to be able to say in marriage, hey, uh, I want to know what you're feeling and I'm content, whatever you're feeling, I'll work on trying to line up with you. And obviously you said God was right there giving you that right. strength. Right, definitely. And my husband, he's an eight. Absolutely. So. I knew this one. <laughs> we had no doubt, did we? <laughs> right. So he definitely is very logical. He's more planned out. He's a strong leader. I really respect his leadership in our family and um, in everything he, that he does. I'm definitely the one who wants to have fun and be with people. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So, But mm-hmm. that's a good place to, yeah, to say who are these, who is this awesome couple who's able to, through a hard season, find their health together. And it's going to be a couple where there's a good leader and there's somebody else who's very intelligent also, but is willing to say, I'm going to let you take the lead because, and sometimes it's the wife, frankly, who has that role, but but 
is in eight and everybody listening knows that eights have a lot of power and they're logical, like you said. And I just think the wisdom of your husband is, I think it's there. I know that he's a chess champion. He and my brother have this legendary match. They're supposed to have one day. Um, <laughs> every time my brother comes to town, he's like, I want Danny Jones. <laughs> so, yes. yes. So he's an avid marathoner. He's running an entire organization, which is an adoption and foster care ministry that's worldwide with Anne-Marie. So we're going to talk about that too. But yeah, this couple is healthy and not to say perfect, but healthy and doing their work. So let me just have you kind of, yeah, go on with some more about the experience because now we're at this point where you're like, okay, he said no. So I'm going to try to let God lead. Okay. Okay. So then um, at the time we were, so then I guess skip ahead. We were living in Los Angeles. I was doing all the research then for adoption mm -hmm. and through, through prayer and just spending time with the Lord, I really got to a point where I thought, why in my mind did I feel like we needed to have biological children first? We, prior to getting married, wanted to adopt. I don't feel like I need to necessarily birth a child. So it was this huge revelation that I just couldn't believe that it took me so long to, to quite get. So I started looking into international adoption and with my personality type, I'm not one to make charts, but I did. Mm -hmm. And I was researching all the different countries that were open for adoption. I was looking at all the fees and the requirements. And I was so excited looking into international adoption. My husband said, you know what? I'm so sorry to say this, but I'm just wondering what, what you're thinking about foster care. And I looked at him and I thought, what in the world? That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. I've been wanting to be a parent for so long. There's no way after trying to get pregnant for so long that I can care for kids and then give them back. And my husband just was so gentle about it and so sweet. And he just said, will you just pray about it and just see what God says? And literally the next day I just spent time, you know, just with God and I had such a peace about foster care. It was, again, totally God because in my humanness, I said no way. But then oh. spending time with the Lord, I had complete peace and I was actually excited about it. But at the time, my husband works for the Department of Defense and we were living in Los Angeles and Washington, D.C. So we were going back and forth every two weeks. It was kind of a crazy, crazy fun time. It was lots of adventure, which I loved, mm -hmm. but it wasn't the time to start looking into foster care because obviously we would need to be settled. So after my husband finished up a project that he was working on in Washington, D.C., we were led to come to Florida. And again, that was a total God thing because I said I would never live in Florida. <laughs> and we came to Florida and God brought us to Bradenton and we found our church. And then that the Sunday that we found our church home, I had looked up the area's foster care situation and we went to an orientation for foster care the very next day. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah, it just happened to be because they would only have a couple of them a year and it just happened to be the next night we went and we went to that orientation. We got in the car and I looked at my husband and I said, if we never adopt, if we foster without adopting, I have complete peace. I have such excitement. It was, I just had this new 
burning of uh, just a passion for caring for kids, even if you know, they wouldn't stay with us, if we could just be a safe place until their parents could have them back. So that started our journey. So we started the classes right away and it was just such an exciting time. And I just, the passion just kept growing and growing. And I felt like anybody who would give me an ear, I would talk to them about it. And so many of my friends throughout the country, because we lived in the Philadelphia area, Kansas City, West Coast, um, people didn't seem to know the need. And I was definitely going to let them know. <laughs> yes, you were. I know this a beautiful so, passion you have. I was definitely going to let them know. So then I think it was about nine months. We completed our home study and all of our licensing requirements. And we welcomed our first kiddo. And then our second kiddo just five months later, uh, both newborns, actually. So we had these two babies. And it was a, an amazing time crazy time mm -hmm. and we got to a point where I remember so specifically we left church and I was in the sort of the lobby area and God had put it so strongly on my heart saying I need you and Danny to help raise awareness within the church for more foster families hmm. and wow. it was it wasn't it was it was such a beautiful thing because I felt like God was saying you don't have to do this, but I want you to do this. If, if you don't, somebody else will, but I'm asking you to do this. Ooh, I love that so, gracious perspective. It wasn't a force. It was like, no. this would be a beautiful experience for you. I'm inviting yes. you. It was just an invitation. Yes, 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 which I took very seriously. So I talked to anybody I could at our new church. Uh, if we had the ability to have a seminar or anything we can do. I was ready to get on a megaphone and just share the needs because I was hearing all these situations where there was kids, you know, going to group homes, little kids, because there weren't homes for them. Mm. Kids who should have been in a, you know, in a family setting, not in group home settings. And so we started a small group at our home and we did a book study and we would invite uh, folks from our local licensing agency and our guardian ad litem program and other foster families that we were meeting to share their experiences and opportunities. So it was really a cool thing. And then it was shortly after that, that our area that we live in, which is one of the most beautiful, desirable areas in our country, mm -hmm. certainly in our yeah. state, okay. ended up having record breaking numbers of children coming into care. Mm -hmm. So it was just interesting, the timing, because we were sharing the needs and folks were coming to a place where they were saying yes to foster care and adoption. And we always say that you don't have, to, not everyone's called to foster or adopt, but everyone can do something, whether that's praying mm -hmm. for our, our community, if it's donating financially, if it's making a meal for a family mm -hmm. to help them stay afloat, you know, everyone can do something. So that's, that's where we were. We ended up becoming a nonprofit through that small group. And now we have staff and uh, we have a website. It's called bridgealife.com. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage anybody who, you know, in their area to look up the needs and they can get plugged in to what, what's needed in their community. Mm, yeah. And that's really amazing how you guys had this flow with your call to 
not only start this ministry, but to start it from a personal place where you were moved by God, first Danny, and then by God to say, you know, this is really a beautiful way to love my people, to care for orphans, which is uh-huh. part of your biblical faith. And, and to be able to carry that out in a way that started as a small group and is now a world ministry, that must be an incredible feeling just to know that God did that. It really, it really is exciting. And I, I, I always get so excited about it because it's totally the Lord. It's nothing that we did. It's all his direction and we get to be part of it. So mm. I'm so thankful. Danny and I always say, we just don't want to mess it up. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> we just don't want to mess it up. But yeah, we're so thankful to be part of what, what God's doing. Oh my gosh. And you guys are doing so much. You are doing, can you tell us a little bit about the the programs that you have through Bridge of Life in case people are thinking, hey, for holidays, I'd love to donate to something that is good that I would care about. Or, and I know you said they could do this locally too, but tell us a little bit about what your group does. Sure. So we have monthly trainings, which we are so excited about. They're very specific to the challenges in foster and adoptive families. You know, our kids come from trauma, even if they come to you as a baby, Mm -hmm. they have that trauma in utero that changes their brain chemistry. And sometimes our families look really different than others. So we have very practical trainings once a month where we give you families come in, they have dinner, they get great training. If they're a foster family, they get their required hours for their relicensing. Mm -hmm. And we do our best to give quality care to the kids that come in and we have therapists we have OTs and we have art therapists and music therapists and we have service dogs come and just love on the kids so that time is just really used well we have a meal ministry so that if a family welcomes in new kiddos we can call them and just say hey thank you for for taking in these kids can we bless you with a meal tonight we have parents night out Sometimes it's tricky because our kids that come from hard places can be um, a little bit challenging. We offer a parent's night out where they can just drop off their kids at a church and they get great care while, while couples can just, or singles, can just go out and get some shopping done or have a date day or night. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's really, I think, just helps keep families afloat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have project days at people's homes. Um, yeah, you I feel like done, it just yeah. yeah, you've done building projects in people's yes. homes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yes. Yes, and then we have every year we do have a 5K. It's called our superhero 5K. Oh, we love and that event. So, yes, I'm so thankful you always participate. Uh, we're so thankful for you. Mm-hmm. It is really a fun event where all the kids names are chalked on the path, the running path and um, folks can just run that 5K. And we have all the community partners come out. It's really just a fun awareness event. And that's, we just want it to be a fun, a fun time where you can get information and just have fun as a family. I'm just so impressed. What I think is probably my favorite thing about Bridger Life is that you guys have such a multidisciplinary way of viewing 
adoptive and foster care, just the way you try to care for people's homes. I always see you on Facebook saying, does anyone have a crib for a new mom or a stroller? Mm. You are great at giving people support through every level, whether it's financial or counseling assistance or special events, the parents night out, the education and training. I mean, we could have done like five episodes just on, I mean, maybe 20. It's like, you know, I have the book Primal Wound next to me right now. There's just so many different angles we could take and trauma approaches on all the trainings you guys do for this, because that's unparalleled as far as what's needed for these families and these brave, beautiful families. They need somebody to help them through. So I just can't believe you do all that. And you do a train or you've done a training with the Karen Purvis information too. Yes. Yes. We're all about at Bridge Life. We're all about TBRI, trust-based relational intervention. Mm. And it sometimes goes against traditional parenting because especially in the church, I think a lot of times we have a, a way of parenting that we think is right, but it doesn't work necessarily with kids who come from trauma. They need more of a, a different approach. So yes, we're very focused on Empower to Connect, TBRI. We do host yearly simulcasts with excellent training for therapists, for social workers, for caregivers. We get really excited about that. Uh, even the police department is, is getting mm. trained on that right now in oh. schools. Very exciting. And God's even used you guys internationally with children, right? That's, yes. Another God thing who, yeah, through a series of events and people, we became connected with um, a a village in Uganda called Mpongo. And there's, we have two teams that go every year and serve. Right now it's a little different with COVID, but Mm-hmm. We do get so excited and we just have so much going on. We have a child sponsorship program so that kids can get education and we have a school lunch program. We have teams that go and teach about hygiene. Um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of exciting plans to partner, uh, to continue to partner with this community. Uh, we don't want to come in with just our ideas and try and make things happen, but we just want to work with them so that they can be healthy and just grow and serve. So it's it's very exciting to be able to be part of that. Again, it's just all the Lord. He's, it's just he's, amazing. You guys are amazing too. I'm going to give you guys just applause for saying yes to saying yes to all these things that you never envisioned. No. Oh, amazing. no. And now, you know, this is what we have happen when we surrender our harder things is that we get to use our gifts better. And of course, we all see your nine peacemaker there and you and your right action as a nine and as a two with just saying kids are so important and always worthy yes. of love. Yes. Yes. And I'm so thankful for my husband with his eight. He wasn't afraid at such a vulnerable time to me to to speak out and gently say, you know, I don't have peace about fertility treatments for us. Mm-hmm. I don't have peace about international adoption because none of those things are wrong. It mm-hmm. just wasn't what God had for us. Right. So right. And I'm so thankful yeah. for his leadership in our family because look, look what God has done. Exactly. And I think that's partly because you said, I'm going to, I understand that my spouse and I are different. Let me think on that and process that versus what I can do sometimes with the seven in the lead 
is I can push too hard and just, mm-hmm. I've had God really work on me with that. But just where you're like, you are closing the door and I'm going to force it open. You're closing the door and I'm forcing it open. And I just think mm-hmm. that surrender and it's so strange and unpopular of an idea because we have to be so careful as women to not be bullied. Right. But it's right. Like when you can do that with actual wisdom and grace and say, this is not a black and white issue. There is room for two opinions and I can right. make one to surrender because I believe God is doing something else. I mean, look what's happened through that. Right. Right. Exactly. Oh it's just God. so cool. The whole thing. I'm just so thankful for our journey. And I, you know, in the beginning when it was such a grieving time of not being able to get pregnant and not understanding why, and just, I think I, I would lose sight of what God was doing at times because I just didn't understand. And now to look back, I'm just so thankful for what God has brought us through Yeah, because now we have three beautiful children that we've adopted Mm -hmm. and you know, just every step of the way, God prompting us to come to Florida, which I didn't want to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You've been jet setting all over LA and DC and and you're like, really God, Florida? (laughs) I just, I, I was never a fan of humidity and I I'm so thankful to be here. I love it now, but it was just a place that I didn't think I would end up. And Mm -hmm. just every step of the way, I'm just so thankful Oh my gosh, that is it's hilarious and funny because you're right. And you are from New York originally. So, yes. you know, for you to be yes. here in this retirement state, and, you know, yes. it's like, what? But you guys have brought your energy and your fire. And it has been such a safe ministry for me in the safe versus unsafe anxiety triad. I'm like, this ministry is safe. It's a no brainer. It's beautiful. I trust it. Um, Can you remind us one more time of your website in case anybody would like to make a holiday gift or sponsor a child or anything like that? Yes. It's bridgealife.com. Okay. Awesome. So final tips for couples in general, just walking through infertility. I would encourage uh, couples to not lose hope because I do know so many couples that they did end up getting pregnant after a time. And I think trusting just God's timing and just his leading, whatever that may be, sometimes you may be, oh, should we go for it in adoption? And just, I think it's just so different for everybody. So really just trusting God in the journey and encouraging each other. I think for us, when we were in that season of hoping to get pregnant, we really, as much as it was hard, you know, that once a month and grieving, oh man, you know, again, I'm not pregnant. We really had a lot of fun. We did a lot of traveling. We go to Europe and, you know, all the cities throughout the, our country. And we just, we we had a lot of fun times. We really thought, let's enjoy this season. We would go to dinner with friends and mm-hmm. uh, just just really enjoyed each other and 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 what we could do mm-hmm. being um, a married couple without children. It was, you know, it's easier to hop on a plane and go run away for the weekend and have a blast. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think just enjoy the season that you're in and try and focus on the good and what you can do and what, and not focus on what you don't have and what you can't do. Mm -hmm. So I think for us, that was big and we were really plugged into our church community and yeah, just stayed in 
yeah, just, just stayed, stayed, stayed faithful. And mm-hmm. so I would just encourage that because I think sometimes it's hard, you know, and with celebrations on Mother's Day and there's so much focus on children's ministries that it can be hard as a married couple if, you've, if you're a little bit older as well mm-hmm. to not have kids and be that couple without children. So uh, there's, there are other couples who are in that place. So you can find them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. find them. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's and a then, great reminder. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that would be my big takeaway is just to continue loving each other, love God, follow his leading, enjoy the season that you're in, have fun with in whatever way you can and just be in community. Don't isolate yourself. Oh my gosh, you just tapped on all the subtypes right there. I'm like, okay, she talked about the social and the personal level and the marriage level. Like you got to connect with God and your hubby or your wife, and you got to make sure that you do your work with the community, just being there for others. And I wanted to ask too, if you had in these moments where you have grown so much, um, and I'm asking because this year has been a particular year where I've been walking with clients through painful issues. I don't know why it's this year, but it's just probably because of Mm -hmm. COVID. It's even more intense, but um, people are telling me that IVF didn't work and how painful that was, or even when it did work and then having to not, you know, use all their eggs and then others saying, I'm too old and this is frightening. Like, do you have any encouragement for people on this journey with infertility? Oh, it's so hard. (laughs) It's so hard. And I just, I empathize so much with couples going through infertility. Cause like I said, it really is every month you just grieve if, if you're not pregnant again. And it's so hard hearing everyone and their, their comments (laughs) and, you know, going to baby showers can be so difficult. I would be fine. Mm -hmm. And sometimes friends would even have a hard time calling or, you know, approaching me and letting me know that they were pregnant after not, you know, even trying, they knew we were trying for so many years. Mm -hmm. I would be fine, but then it would just be these times like sporadically. I would see, look, I would be at a stoplight and look over in someone's car and see a baby seat and just burst out into tears. Mm -hmm. So it's just really, I just empathize with, with women specifically in, in the season. Uh, It's, it's really hard. I, again, just for us, we had a heart for adoption and for foster care, you know, it was a process, but we definitely had a heart for adoption. Um, For, for me, I wish that I didn't spend so many years uh, grieving over not getting pregnant, but moving forward with, with foster care and adoption. Mm. Again, that's, that's very personal and everyone's so different. Mm. Um, well, that makes sense, though, because your your main type isn't the aggressive assertive. So for me, it might be why I didn't spend enough time grieving for you. You're like, no, I maybe as a nine part of you had spent so much time that you might say, if you're not a future thinker and you're not aggressive, like try to try to walk through your grief, try to face it. So it doesn't have to take as many years to in right. always grief. But I mean, at least that initial stage, is that what you would say? For me, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the same for, you know, obviously everyone, but mm-hmm. for me, I, I just, I'm so thankful. I, I, to me, fostering and adoption is the most beautiful gift. I feel like God 
trusting me with his children, regardless, they're a gift from him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're on loan. They are a gift to our children. Mm-hmm. But I just feel so honored. And it's such a privilege to be able to be entrusted with my children. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just, I, I say to anyone just to consider foster care and adoption if, if you're wanting to be parents. It's something I think just to check out and not say no right away. I, I just want my biological children. I think it's worth checking out for sure. Yeah. I do too. I think that's really a great thing that probably somebody really needed to hear today and um, maybe many people because it's such a need and not just in our county, right? But I remember you telling me that sometimes there's just babies that are sitting at the social worker's office because there's so many needs in our area and probably many of your areas also. Uh Right. There are so many because of our drug epidemic throughout our nation there are so many babies being born addicted and need a family. Mm. So mm-hmm. again, it's not always an easy road, but it's a, it's a road worth traveling for mm. sure. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so true. And you know what? You guys have shown us that light and that possibility. And some of us are like, Oh gosh, is that going to be my story? Or, you know, maybe it already is. And some of you listening have understand the depth that, like we said, we could go to on and so many levels with this topic because of the hard parts, but the good parts, the really, the best parts are that you're doing something you feel really good about. I would imagine that living as an adoptive mother is one of the most wonderful feelings to know that you're truly like living out that call to love orphans. For me, I, again, I'm just so thankful for our journey and for the path that God has brought us on. I, and people have asked me, this is a question that I've gotten several times where, cause sometimes there is a, a you know, the wife, the woman is ready to jump in with mm-hmm. adoption, but mm-hmm. hubby isn't. Mm-hmm. And a question is, will I love, will I be able to love a child that isn't biologically mine? The same as if I've, you know, they are. And in my mind, all I know is I think I love my kids more than, mm-hmm. <laughs> than if they were biological. <laughs> yeah. Because I do. just love them. <laughs> I can't do. imagine loving them anymore. Right. So mm-hmm. just. Get, just settle that with, with some folks if they're wondering that, you know, can I love them the way I would a biological child? Honestly, I, I truly can't imagine loving a biological child more than I love my kids. Mm. I, they're, they're my heart. I yeah. love them so much. And I'm so thankful that I get to be their mom. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's so sad the way they came into this world, but they did. And God has a purpose and a plan and I get to be their mom. What a gift. Mm. What a gift. Absolutely. And you have been so vibrant as a mom in our community because you have this gift of these beautiful children too, as much as we're so grateful that you have them, they have enriched your life so much. And you are just such a pillar of strength because you got to become a mom. And that is something that God placed in your heart. So I'm so happy for you. And you always remind me of that too. And you've even spoken over my fears before, where I remember saying to you years back, 
Anne Marie, if I ever fostered, I'd worry because I'm a worrier and I would worry about catching a rash or something like that. That was just kind of <laughs> selfish. And you go, so, and I'm like, Oh, you're like, and you will probably, but like, that's part of the package. You'll be fine. So, she means it Don't when she says, <laughs> right. You're like, you are the worst. I'm so grateful that you're still my friend. <laughs> oh my goodness. Too funny. But you oh are my real. You are yeah, like, I'm no, just... it's worth it all. And that's your love. That's what I really wanted to share was she loves hard. Bye. Yeah. So there are so many elements of adoption, but I love how you focused in on the social level too of before kids, after kids, whether you adopt or foster, that there's just community involvement that we need. Yes. For me, I remember putting one time on Facebook that we were getting ready to welcome in another baby. So that would have given us three kiddos under the age of two. And it was an exciting time. And I just remember thinking like, okay, I need to get all the sheets washed and all the baby clothes cleaned and the diaper, you know, just getting ready to get that baby that day that I got the call. Mm-hmm. And I just announced it just sort of, I was just excited, but I got a private message and somebody said, Hey, can I bring you dinner tonight? And they brought over, cause it was one of those meals, like with the rotisserie chicken and the sides and the, you know, those little mm-hmm. yummy Hawaiian rolls. Mm-hmm. And I burst into tears. I cried. Mm-hmm. I felt so loved. And I just, it was just such a simple thing for somebody to do, you know, really. But I felt so loved, like, okay, I don't need to think about dinner tonight. And Mm -hmm. I can get ready, everything I need to get ready, and focus on this little baby and, you know, my others. So just simple things like that make all, it may not seem like a big deal, but it makes all the difference of keeping you afloat. And then I think of Jody, who works at Bridge of Life, and they said yes, and they adopted a sibling group of six. They had already had two little ones of their own at the time, and their church just really wrapped around them. They would have this one sweet gentleman, so he was able to take the gymnastics, you know, drive them home, help with homework. They had one friend from their church that committed to bringing them their whole family dinner once a week, just a home-cooked meal once a week. So that was one night they'd think about that. They had somebody make a garden, like a little mini farm on their property and would tend still, tends to the garden for their family so that they have all that fresh produce. Yeah. So just folks helping with carpooling and not expecting anything in return and helping with homework and meals. It just makes all the difference. What could have been a situation where they felt like they were drowning with all these children and all the needs they didn't. They felt loved and cared for. So I just encourage anyone also if they, they just love people, they love families and do have a heart for foster care and adoption, doesn't mean you have to foster care or adopt. You, you might be able to transport kids to soccer. Mm-hmm. And that makes all the difference. Mm. Oh my gosh. What an amazing reminder to everybody that there's just a different journey than you would expect in life. And this amazing part of it, I think, really blesses them as much as it blesses others. I know every time we've done anything for Bridge of Life, we always leave feeling so blessed and energized and happy. And you don't get that all the time just from like, I'm going to spend my money going out to eat or I'm going to buy myself a purse. And it's like, no, you're building into a child and there's nothing that feels better than to give. It really is truly more blessed to give than receive. And 
your life is an example of that to me. And I'm just so grateful to have had you on today. Thank you so much for sharing this beautiful story. Well, thank you for having me. I really, I really appreciate you giving me the time to share. So yeah. Okay. Well, I love you. you. I'm so excited. Oh, love you too. I'll talk to you soon, Anne-Marie. All right. Thank you, Krista. I'm so glad you guys could join us for this special episode with Anne-Marie Jones. And don't forget to check out bridgealife.com if you want to make sure that you get involved with an awesome org that you can trust to help bring happiness and growth and health to families. Or if you're just curious about adoption and foster care and need resources, and if you're walking through the infertility and miscarriage journey, don't forget to continue to connect with us here. We're going to be talking about these topics in the future. We're going to have a whole episode on pregnancy and just more goodies for you along the way about the different traumas we experience, as well as some type-by-type info for you guys. So stick around. We care about you so much and all the big issues and the fun ones too, but sometimes we need to just do episodes that really reflect that we see your deeper heart for children or for these serious issues in marriage, and we want you to have hope and healing for yourselves and your marriages and your families. So however that looks for you, I hope you have such a wonderful weekend. This was a great bonus episode.